Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, 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 everybody, to a very special edition of Geek Vibes Live Interview. I've got a great guest uh, coming on with us tonight. Uh, he is Lewis uh, Hertham. Uh, he's from the great HBO show called Westworld. Uh, he's actually just been promoted to a season two regular uh, cast member. Uh, I think we have uh, Lewis on the line with us now. Uh, Lewis, are you there with me? I am. How are you? Oh, Mr. Hurston, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's it's an honor and a Just, privilege to be able to speak with you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. But you can call me Lewis. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go ahead and just let everybody know exactly who you are real quick. I did kind of um, uh, give a little brief introduction, but uh, for everybody that doesn't know who Lewis is, he's an American actor and producer. Um, for people that uh, might be um, older than – 40 or 50. Uh, you may know him from his younger days on a show called uh, Murder, She Wrote with the great Angela Lansbury. Uh, he's also been in a great HBO uh, TV series uh, called True Blood, where you play J.D. Carson. We'll get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, okay. thanks uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, how are you doing tonight? Well, it's my pleasure, and I'm, I'm doing great. Um, this is Kalen, uh, Kanan, right? Yes, sir. This is Kanan. Uh, okay, I just wanted to make sure that's who I was speaking to. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm doing I'm doing great, man. It's a, it's a beautiful day here in in Santa Monica. I want to apologize uh, 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 first and foremost in case you start hearing uh, any kind of noise. I'll try to go to a quieter por- portion of my house because there's car alarms, sirens, and even construction in the building next door. So sometimes it gets loud. Oh, that's okay. Just uh, do whatever you got to do. I mean, we we have our own little yep. hiccups with noises from time to time, so uh, n- no okay, issues buddy. there. So, just want to kind of start off. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, what your major influence was to get into show business? Well, actually, my my major influence was a film called Bullet, and um, in nineteen sixty eight, my dad took me to see that film, and uh, I don't know if you're personally familiar with it but i'm sure a lot of your listeners are and there's a car chase it's a steve mcqueen film and there's a car chase in in that film that to this day in in my opinion and in many uh, people's opinion is the best ever and um you know this uh 68 mustang and a 68 dodge charger go rampaging through the streets of san francisco and it's a it's a really an extraordinary chasing and when and when i walked out of that uh, theater i told my dad i said that's what i want to do when i grow up and he's like what what's that son i said i want to drive cars like that in the movies so my my first uh my first instincts and my first uh desires were were to become a stuntman a stuntman and um after you know going through elementary school high school with with that desire and my plan was to move to California and, and do so. I had a one of my best friends was a fellow by the name of Brent Verboys, whose brother was one of the top stuntmen in Hollywood, Jack Verboys. So Jack was sort of an inspiration to me as well. And um before I I could 
uh, move out to California, I found acting uh, there in Baton Rouge where I grew up and started doing theater and TV commercials and so forth. So I, I got bitten pretty hard by the, the acting bug. So acting was a safer profession, I, I guess, <laughs> to a degree. You know, it depends how you look at it. But so I, I moved out to um, uh, Los Angeles uh, in 82 and pursued acting. And But I've but I've been able to do a lot of stunts, uh, a lot of my own stunts too. So I got the best of both worlds. Yeah, and uh, I, I see here that you even uh, you even have a 1968 Mustang to commemorate <laughs> that decision. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. I um, pretty much finished re- restoring a '68 Mustang, and it is an homage to the Bullet car. Um, uh, there are some some of touches that are a little bit different but for the most part it's uh, very similar to the car in the movie and uh and i don't know if maybe some of your listeners know that the the actual car that was used in the film was just released only a couple of months ago by uh, a gentleman by the name of sean kernan who um whose dad bought the car uh back in 74 i think it was and uh, had it in the family ever since, and it's now making uh, its rounds around the country, uh, being displayed. It's a it's a very valuable uh, car and one that means an awful lot to a lot of people. So, yeah, ever since ever since I saw the movie, I always wanted one of those, and I finally uh, pulled the trigger and, and got myself one. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, a lot of people love old cars, and that's cool that uh, you know you actually went out and 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 got that. So that's a that's a really great story. Uh, now, we know that you've been in uh, movies, you've been in television shows. Do you feel that there's much difference between acting uh, on TV compared to feature films? And do you actually like prepare for them any any differently? Uh, I I don't prepare for them any differently. I pre- prepare for my roles pretty much in the same same manner. Um, there. There's there is a bit of difference. I mean, in films, usually you get uh, the the parts could be a little more. Uh, there's a lot more leeway in in what the characters can do and say. Uh, so from that standpoint, there's a difference. And also in film, I'm sorry, in television, uh, things move much much faster. So on and um, TV, you may do several pages a day, but if if you're especially a big film, if you're on a big film, and I haven't done nearly as many big films as I have small films, but you know these massive hundred million dollar films, I mean they may do a page a day, um, and uh, but in TV things work pretty fast because you can you have to do an hour's worth of television, which is actually only 44 minutes if you take the commercials uh, out. Um, And you usually have seven to eight days to complete an entire uh, episode, whereas a film that's an hour and a half may take, uh, you know, shoot for a month, two months or so. And the bigger films, of course, take forever. Now that, but, but Westworld is a whole different story. You throw the, throw the rules out completely for television where Westworld is concerned. Because yeah, that's so big. Yeah, the HBO uh, shows. I, I, they're more. I think they're more on a scale of a movie um, compared to um, just a regular television show. Because I know there's a lot of budget that goes into those. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm a Westworld fan, but I'm also a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I just know mm-hmm. that the the amount of money that they spend on those shows, uh, the site, you know, shooting locations and stuff like that, can kind of get intense. You know, just like a movie. Whereas, you know, TV shows, a yeah. lot of them are filmed, you know, in studio. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, the 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 scope of of Westworld is is definitely more uh, akin to a feature film than it is to a TV show. But as you know, as HBO likes to say, it's it's not TV; it's HBO. <laughs> so that's right in there. And if any and if any station is is doing. Um, you know those those types of uh, TV shows. It, I mean, HBO really is like there's there's no comparison. I mean, Stars has Ash versus yeah. Evil Dead, which is really good. But HBO is really um, you know setting the standard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know really we have. we've covered you know we we've covered that you were in uh, Murder She Wrote. Uh, you've been in mm-hmm. uh, Law and Order. Um, you've also you also were uh, <laughs> played Omar in a show called Longmire, and that that show's kind of got right. a a western setting just like kind of your yep. character in, in Westworld. So can you tell me, um, do you do you take anything from your previous roles and apply it to your current ones? Uh, no, that rarely happens, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you know, when you do episodic TV, many times you're just sort of playing yourself. I mean, there's no real um, stretch, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing an episode of uh, Lucifer right now, and uh, – you know, I I play uh, I play pretty much uh, you know a guy that uh, well very much like myself, um, but no I I don't I don't I I use the script and what's what's available the information that's available and I just run with that um, that's my my blueprint for my character, and um, as I say many of okay got sirens coming I, I knew it would happen so <laughs> it gets loud. Uh, uh, you know that they, they uh i just i just use what's there and and again sometimes they uh they cross over but yeah i mean i i never have i don't think i've ever like thought oh you know i could do this is something i did in this character and so yeah no just uh take them as they come before we jump into Westworld, I, I know that that's the main topic that everybody wants to hear. Uh, but as an interviewer, I like to know a little bit more about you as a person. I don't want to just talk about you know one specific thing. So I want to talk to you a little bit about True Blood. Uh, okay. You play J.D. Carson. You're a werewolf. Can you describe your time on True Blood? And did you actually enjoy playing a supernatural-type character? Yeah, I did, actually. And, um, you know, oddly enough shortly before a few years before i was on a very short-lived series um uh, recurring character on a short-lived series called the gates and um it was a mid-season replacement it aired during the the summer months uh and it and i was a werewolf in that too um uh it was a sort of a story about werewolves and vampires in modern day <laughs> living in a community called the gates uh, it was a great series. It really was. But, you know, when these things air during the, the summer months, they don't get the, the audience in it. And it just, I think it went like nine episodes and out. And as far as JD, that was a, a fantastic experience. Um, it is fun to play a character like that. JD wasn't the nicest guy in the world. And, um, you know, the antithesis of who I am. And that too is, is, is fun to play. Um, the only thing really that was sort of supernatural that, that I got to experience was um, I, I had this duel or this fight with um, Al Seed, who was played by Joe Manganella, and he and I actually fought it out. And because I was drinking uh, vampire blood, it gives you this supernatural strength. So 
I was able to beat him up, which actually ended up uh, badly for me <laughs> because uh, he finished me off at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, it was it was you know it's, again uh, HBO. Uh, HBO is is uh, yeah. It's every actor's dream, really, to work with a company like that. And HBO is just simply one of the best. I mean, I've done several shows for them, uh, even if as guest stars like Treme and True Detective in the first season. And they're just fabulous. They always have the top, top-notch pedigree of producers and crew and, and cast. And so you can never go wrong working on an HBO show. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. True Detective. I, I know you had the 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 cameo kind of in uh, True Detective. That first season mm-hmm. was was terrific. The the second season was really good as well. So let's let's mm-hmm. dive into Westworld. First, let me congratulate you on, on becoming a season two regular. I think that's great. You, this, this season, I think, is, is going to be amazing because you set the tone uh, in Westworld in the first season for a lot of ways, your, um, you know, meet my maker scene is probably one of the best scenes, um, from that first season. And just, thank you. You know, what was it like working with Anthony Hopkins? Because when I see you giving that monologue to him, you're in front of one of the greatest actors to ever live. And he looks like he legitimately has chills. Like, he almost looks scared. Like if this was a real life, if you, if this was real life and you were telling somebody that he looks like he's afraid for his life, you're talking to uh, Ford and Lowe in that scene. So kind of mm-hmm. tell me what it was like working with him and what was his reaction after you delivered it? Well, uh, first of all, I'll give you a little bit of a, a run up to, to it. Um, I was, I got a call from my manager on a, Thursday saying that I got the job the next day, Friday, I got a call from production saying we, uh, Lewis, uh, congratulations. We'd love you to come in Monday and rehearse with, uh, Jonathan Nolan, uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins and Jeffrey Wright. So that was like, yikes. And, and that scene was one of the things we were going to rehearse. So we actually, so when I got there, the, you know, Jonah, uh, Jonah Nolan, we we called Jonathan Jonah. He goes by Jonah. Uh, he introduced me to you know everybody, and when he introduced me to uh, Mr. Hopkins, uh, I can't remember if he said Sir Anthony Lewis is Sir Anthony Hopkins or just Anthony Hopkins, but immediately he said, "Call me Tony," and he tells that to everyone. So everyone calls Sir Anthony Hopkins Tony. Uh, and that should tell you a lot about the man. He's about as humble and uh, as nice and just generous of spirit. Uh, as far as an actor, uh, he's, he, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you look across at, into those eyes and, you know, it's very captivating. So the ice was broken because, you know, obviously – you, you're, you know, as an actor, you, you realize you're going to do a scene like that with an actor like that. It's, it's certainly a little intimidating, but he immediately uh, put me at ease. And then, of course, by the time we actually did, did the, um, the scene, um, immediately upon, like, we, the very first, a, a lot of the reaction that you see in, in that scene, uh, the ones that you're referring to, he was literally seeing it for the first time because I'm pretty sure uh, 
that those reactions were the very first take and they were over my shoulder onto him. So maybe, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know for absolute sure, but I do know the, the direction they were shooting. So um, I think he, he may have been, you know, sort of uh, uh, intrigued by what I was doing. Cause I, I mean, that's all I can guess. I mean, uh, it, it was a, it was an amazing experience. We took all day to shoot it, and that scene was actually a, quite a bit longer. Uh, it was edited down, so we shot that scene all day. And um, as far as the reaction after, he sent me a really lovely email uh, the next day, um, which of course I treasure. And just talking about, you know, was giving paying me some nice compliments. And um, and during the shoot, while we were shooting in between takes, you know, he was telling me stories. He's 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 an incredibly talented man. He's a painter. He's a composer. Uh, your listeners should go to YouTube and and um, and search for Anthony Hopkins and the Waltz goes on, and you'll hear his Waltz being performed by Andre Ryu in Vienna, and it's extraordinary. And so we, you know, we just chatted. He told me stories. He's a, he does wonderful impersonations of people like Rod Steiger and. Arlen Brando, and he's just a lovely, lovely man. He really is. It was certainly one of the absolute highlights of my career to have the time with him and experience doing that scene with him. Oh, yeah, and I I, I bet it's just like a dream come true to actually like be in the same room as him. I mean, this is – I mean, it's Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. It's uh, – I mean, the man has just been in, like, so many films, and he gives it his all, and – I mean, he even takes time to do Transformers movies, which I'm sure he yeah. probably regretted. But uh, oh, so, <laughs> but uh, so you know, in, in the show you play Peter Abernathy. You know, you're the father of Evan Rachel Wood's character Dolores, mm-hmm. and there's a scene with you and her uh, where you, you know, you kind of, you know have like an an emotional breakdown on the porch. She's she's coming in, mm-hmm. and you know, and she rushes up to you, and I noticed between the meet my maker scene and this scene, you know, you don't even have to really say a lot with your, you know, you really don't have to speak dialogue. You are a great facial expression actor and your eyes, there's just something about your eyes that like, you know, convey the message. And do you uh, think that sometimes you. that, you know, your facial expressions and the, and you know, just the way, you know, you move your eyes and stuff. Do you think that that makes a performance better over than actually delivering your lines? Well, I, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, and I've, I've been told that before. Um, I, I do think that, um, I mean, listen, the eyes are the, uh, the window to the soul. Right. And I do believe that, you can say an awful lot with your eyes. And I do try to do that. Um, you know, as I, I've taught acting uh, here and there. Uh, a few years ago I was teaching and um, I, I always tell my students, you know, when, when it comes to film acting, um, if you're thinking about it and I point to my, my head, and, you know, tap my head. If it, I, I say, if it's in here, it will show here, meaning your face. And so if you're really tuned into it and you're really feeling the emotion of whatever you are trying to convey, then uh, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. But I do believe and I, I do 
uh, part of that is listening very carefully to your partner, uh, your scene partner, who and and to what they're saying and reacting to it. Um, yes, I do, and I I also uh, think that you can you can you know sometimes you can do away with certain bits of dialogue that you can convey just with your facial expressions and with your the emotion you're showing on your face. Now, another thing too, doing that scene. Uh, I have a, a beautiful daughter who I think is listening, Liv. Hi, honey, I love you. Um, so my, you know, as, as Peter says to Dolores, um, you know, I am what I am because of you. Uh, and I, that, that is the case with my daughter, Olivia. Uh, I mean, she's my everything. So when you can tune in or plug in certain aspects of your own life into these things you're doing, it certainly makes it uh, – it makes it easier to get to those emotional places. Yeah. And we're actually, you know, we're, we're coming up um, actually in a couple of weeks, actually uh, Westworld season two debuts on April the 22nd. And I want to mm-hmm. ask you a little bit, is there anything that you can uh, tell us, you know, what's in store for Peter or anything that you can tell us about season two? Uh, I can tell you nothing. Ooh, just kidding. Okay, that's no. I, 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 I well, no. Well, I was just kind of just kidding, but I really can't tell you a lot. <laughs> but you wouldn't want me to tell you a lot because uh, the the truth is is that it is so uh, it's so extraordinary. And I will tell you this: um, I think it's pretty obvious that the humans do not have the sort of upper hand that they had in season one, as Jonah put it. Jonah and Lisa put it. Season one was um, defined by control. Season two is defined by chaos. And uh, we, you know, you you suddenly, the West world is a story about the the dawn of a new species on the planet. I mean, that's in essence what it is. They are a new species and they, they are an intelligent species. In fact, um, as many uh, people like Elon Musk have warned, uh, AI is probably going to outthink, uh, humans uh, in in the long run. So everybody in season two is trying to find uh, their place. Uh, the, the hosts are trying to find their own narrative as opposed to the narrative that was given to them for so many years. And um, yeah, so I can tell you this, there are a lot of surprises. I think the season two trailer, the new one that just came out recently um you know, you can see some of the surprises in there, including some of the other worlds that uh, apparently exist. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but like I say, uh, you know, everybody, including Peter, is, is on a is on a new journey, and uh, it's uh, going to be spectacular. I, I guarantee you that. You think season one was good? I think this one. I think. I predict that the season, this season of television, uh, will be the go down as one of the finest in the history history of television because the the show is so groundbreaking and so different. Um, It 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 involves and engages the audience like very few uh, shows ever have. Uh, Game of Thrones certainly does. Game of Thrones. I mean, like for me, it was always like, wait a minute, who Lannister and who's 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 who and who's kin to who and you know whose family. Uh, that show always kind of had you 
on the ropes, you know, trying, at least me, trying to think of what was going on and who was what, who was who. Uh, but this show is just so deep and so brilliant that um, I think it's going to, as I say, and of course, season three, I'm sure there'll be several seasons and they'll probably just get better as they go. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it. there's, yeah, I don't think that there's any coincidence that they, you know, that HBO brought you back for season two as a series regular. Like I, like I uh, stated earlier, you had the great Meet My Maker scene, one of the best scenes, um, you know, in the entire first season. You can answer this with detail. You can say yes or no, however you want to answer it. Will Peter Abernathy have a moment bigger than the Meet My Maker scene in season two? <laughs> uh, let's just say this. I was certainly challenged by season two uh, and thrilled with what I was given to do. And um, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> nope, that's How's fine. That? I completely understand. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's hard. I know to to top certain things and not necessarily top it the same way. Uh, but you know, but you're a great actor. They brought you back, and uh, you know, I'm just glad to see that your story is going to get to continue. And I uh, can't wait for uh, April the 22nd. But um, Lewis, it's been. I, I can't uh, wait either. I'm I'm a fan just like uh, just like everybody else. So I'm I'm really excited about it too. But, yeah, and uh, I think that I'm makes. Sorry, uh, but... I think that makes. No, it's okay. I think that makes for, for better performances. You know, when people are actually fans and they're not just doing it to be doing it. So that means that you're actually you know putting a lot of effort into it. So I'm glad that you'll be watching it on April the 22nd uh, with the rest Absolutely. of us. Absolutely. You bet. Well, Lewis, it's been a it's been an honor. It's been a privilege. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Once season two uh, kind of gets into full swing, we'd love to have you back and talk a little bit more. You know, if you want to. Yeah, uh, I'd be happy you, to. But, yeah, but you made my night. I hope everybody that's you know that's listening. Uh, you know, shout out to your daughter if she's listening. Um, you know, it's it's and been my great. I Claire in Louisiana. Hey, sis. Um, yeah, well, I listen, I'd be more than happy to come back anytime, buddy. I, I appreciate it. And I, and I'm, I'm, I appreciate all your listeners, uh, tuning in and, um, I, I can guarantee them all, uh, they will be talking about this season for a long time, a long time. All right. Well, we can't wait. That's, uh, uh, season two of Westworld. It comes out April the 22nd. Uh, Lewis, thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful night, sir. Thank you, Kanan. Same you. to you, buddy. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. You bet. All right, everybody. That was a great Lewis Hertham. Uh, plays Peter Ab- Abernathy on Westworld. Um, as we say, you know, check out his other shows. Uh, he played J.D. Carson on True Blood. Uh, Longmire, he plays Omar. Just a great interview, a great guy overall, and I'm really excited for his character in Westworld. But that does it for... Geek Vibes live interview for tonight. Stay tuned uh, for our other shows that we got coming throughout the week. And uh, everybody have a great night. And also, this is uh, Kanan signing off. We're for Geeks by Geeks. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>